the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, it's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. It took the words right out of my mouth. Meatloaf, boy. A week ago this past Friday, we lost Meatloaf. Uh, what a tremendous artist. I mean, obviously, if you're anybody between the ages of, I would say, if you're of, uh, you know what? If you're of drinking age now, of 21, uh, to the age of 70 or older, you sang a meatloaf song in karaoke at some point in your life. You had to have. Bat Out of Hell, what a tremendous, epic album. This was a legendary rock artist that passed away. Um, it looks like he passed away due to COVID. Um, meatloaf was a, a, a vehement anti-vaxxer. So clearly he was not vaccinated, I would believe, um, and got COVID and ended up uh, passing uh, from COVID. And just just an absolute shame uh, we have lost uh, an amazing rock icon in Meatloaf. And I uh, got a chance to play softball with Meatloaf uh, in the early 90s down in Central Park. Uh, what a, what an athlete he was. I mean, just tremendous athlete, tremendous uh, musician, a great actor. Um, you know, really, really uh, just just very, very sad uh, that we lost an artist uh, in Meatloaf like that. And still, it was still performing. I mean, the guy was amazing. Ah, it's just, it's just very sad. Anyway, we have a great show for you tonight. We've got a craft, gear, a craft beer guest that's going to be joining me a little bit later this hour. Uh, I can give you the whole thing about how to follow me and stuff, but boy, folks, you, you know it already. I mean, my goodness, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know how to hit me up on the socials. I mean, come on. But what I would like you to do is head over to the Hopped Up Network, hoppedupnetwork.com. Uh, you can click and listen to the podcast version of this show at your leisure or a plethora of of others as well. Coming up in 20 minutes, Ann Riley, the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild, uh, will be on the show with me. Uh, In-person beer festivals back. Ann is going to give us all the details about the kickoff to New York City Beer Week that's going to be taking place on Saturday, February 26th in Brooklyn. It is going to be an awesome event. Cannot wait to get the details uh, from Ann, and I will be there, and uh, we will be talking to Ann in just about 20 minutes from now. Speaking of New York, movie theaters across New York can now sell beer and wine along with popcorn at the concession stand. Moviegoers can take their drinks to their seats before you had to finish them, before you could go to your seats. The State Liquor Authority gave the thumbs up to the new movie Booze Rule uh, a week ago Wednesday. Some movie theaters have been selling beer and wine, but as I said, up until now, customers had to down their drinks in the lobby and then walk into the movie theater. Movie theaters can begin selling wine and beer right away, but 
If you are a moviegoer to some theaters, then you may not see drinks in theaters for a while because theater owners have to go through an alcohol licensing process. So if your theater isn't already selling beer and liquor, it's going to be some time before that happens. But that's good news uh, for beer sales and wine uh, and for movie theaters because, look, let's face it, a lot of people bring their own snacks in. That's how the movie theaters make their money on the concessions, not so much on the tickets. So uh, this is a uh, this is a big deal. And cognac sales are surging, by the way, especially in the United States and China. Sales of the brandy made in the cognac region of France rose by nearly 31% in value. That equals over $4 billion. In the United States, cognac sales jumped up by 11% with 115 million bottles shipped last year. China saw cognac sales grow by 56% with over 34 million bottles shipped. So uh, if you are a cognac drinker, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is pretty significant. Um, another great local collab by our good friends from Flagship Brewery. Uh, Jay Sykes and his boys, and the ladies as well. True Love, it's the name of the beer. It's a session IPA. It's brewed with Sriracha Ace Hops. It's a collab between Flagship, the Kill Van Cull Trading Company, and Off With There, which happens to be my best friend Mark's niece. Now, both of the businesses are Staten Island-owned and operated, uh, Kill Van Cull Trading Company and Off With There. And um, the release date is Friday, February 11th, just in time for Valentine's Day. Both of them will be there. Uh, the companies will be there, uh, you know, selling their merchandise. So you can pick up a nice little Valentine's Day present for your special someone. Um, I will be there for the release party. I'm making plans to be there. I'd love to try. I'm going to try this beer, obviously. But also to support uh, not only Flagship Brewery, but my, uh, my best friend Mark's niece as well. So if you're in the Staten Island area and you want to stop by Flagship Brewery, uh, Friday, February 11th, I believe it's 7 o'clock. Uh, they are uh, having the uh, launch party release uh, and uh, and stuff. There's going to be music and whatever, but it's going to be a great time. Definitely stop by. And if you see me, say hello. I will say hello to you, and maybe I'll even buy you a beer. Uh, our good friends at Wallen Pawpack Brewing Company are devoting uh, some of their new— th- this is a new be- beer series they're unveiling, but it's not necessarily a new beer, right? Because here's what they're— um, Here's what they're doing. It's an, I, I don't, I would, this press release says often overlooked style of craft beer. I don't know if it's necessarily an overlooked style, uh, but lagers are very important. The problem where you don't have a lot of breweries making lagers, especially during this time of a pandemic, um, although we are seeing more of it, and there's a reason why in a second, lagers take longer to make. So a brewer can brew an IPA within three to four weeks. So your turnaround is a month. For a lager, it's usually double that if you really want to make a good one. I mean, you could quick, you could shorten it up a little bit, but it's not going to be as good. So um, the bottom line is uh, lagers take longer to produce. Now, during the pandemic, when some breweries were shut down because of lockdowns, they were able to put those things in the tanks because, look, let's face it, they weren't selling anything. So they figured, let's get, stu- let's get some stuff in the hopper that we can let sit for a while and we don't have to worry about it. And then we can... You know, bottle it, package it, can it, whatever, and, and get it out there. Um, lagers, of course, as the history goes, produced as far back as the 1400s by monks, but they gain, began gaining in popularity with the rise of European lagers in the 1800s. So again, it's a longer it's a, it's a longer time to to ferment these beers. Um, IPAs obviously are popular because they're quick to produce, uh, but they are going to be making well in Pack Brewing. They're going to be doing a whole series on lagers. The first beer in the breweries. For the Love of Lager series is a, a Zweigel beer 
an unfiltered German-style lager that is brewed entirely with Vienna malt and noble hops. Packed with flavor, easy to drink, complex in its taste. In its limited appearance, the beer has already attracted a wide audience at the brew pub. From the new beer explorer to the highly educated craft beer drinker, for the love of lager series, promises some exciting iterations in the months ahead. Plans include new lager beers inspired by regions all over the world, from the Far East to Europe. So kudos to Becky Ryman, the owner of Walnut Pawpack Brewing Company, and her brewer, uh, Logan Ackerley, uh, which is really cool. Interested in trying these things. Might have to take a ride back up there again um, for a little lunch because they have a nice little, uh, their brew pub is great. They have some nice food there. And uh, check out some of the great beers uh, that they have. Uh, our friends at Stone Brewing, Buena Vida Hard Seltzer, is now available nationwide and in glass bottles, custom-molded glass bottles uh, made with real cane sugar. It's sugar-free. The yeast converts all the sugar to alcohol and CO2 in the natural brewing process. It's gluten-free, 100 calories, 5% ABV. Uh, when they launched this last summer in Southern California, the company's first five-week forecast sold out in one week. Um, Stone a- attributes its success to not only its refined bottle experience, but to the superior flavors that elevate the hard seltzer. It is available in mixed 12-pack bottles, Buena Vida hard seltzer, of four festive flavors. Now available nationwide, uh, watermelon and lime, mango, black cherry, and mandarin. This joins the Stone Buena Vesa salt and lime lager and Stone's family of live Buena beverages. Both brands pull inspiration from Stone's North of the Border Heritage and complement Stone's year-round IPA offerings. For more information, just go to find.stonebrewing.com uh, to pick that up. Again, the hard seltzer game, it seems to be leveling off a little bit, but there are people that are increasingly out there that want things other than beer. Um, and I know people scream hard seltzer isn't beer, but it's made essentially with the same brewing process. It's just certain things aren't involved in it. Um, I do think that it should be a separate category, much like cider is a separate category. Um, you know, be that as it may, that's what it is. Uh, Mythmaker Brewing, Black Bottle Brewery uh, head brewer Tom Bozeman, uh, an award-winning commercial brewer from Long Island, New York, spent the past nine years at Black Bottle. He began planning to open his own brewery in 2016, and if four years later, uh, he found a business partner in Sarah Barlow, an industry-savvy front-of-the-house professional who managed tap rooms at Fort Collins, Snowbank Brewing, and worked operations at Red Truck Beer Company. And this dynamic duo, with a combined 25 years of experience in beer and hospitality, planned to open, uh, open Mythmaker Brewing this spring at McLennan's Brewing's former space at 1035 South Taptail Road in Fort Collins, Colorado, with the support of the local beer community. Uh, they are going to do some, uh, they're going to have a few year-round offerings. The brewery is going to provide an ever-evolving tap list of well-balanced beers, uh, brown ales, hazy IPAs, but also more obscure styles, such as Lichtenhainer, a historical German-smoked sour ale from their seven-barrel brew house. In addition to multiple tappings at any given time, Community-Minded Brewery plans to partner with local charities, inviting those charities to design and brew a beer together, with a portion of the proceeds from that beer going back to charity. They're going to feature local artwork in the tap room, host delicious food trucks, and uh, provide an inclusive and relaxing atmosphere for people of all walks of life. Now, Mosman currently brewing at Black Bottle. He's going to transition to his new brewery uh, for a tentatively planned spring launch. Mythmaker has launched a Kickstarter fund, includes incentives such as merchandise and opportunity to host a private event to help get the brewery off the ground. Tom and Sarah are going to be my guests on next Sunday night's program, so stay tuned for that. We will find out more information about Mythmaker Brewing then. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. 
what I'm talking about. No worries. Sammy Hagar in the circle. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and finding out the news that Sammy and the boys will be back on tour. Uh, actually going to see them uh, twice, which is really cool. So they're doing, uh, Sammy is doing a, a residency actually in Vegas, which I'm not going to. But he is playing at Caesars in Atlantic City in March, which I am going to. Then I find out, like a week or two after I bought those tickets, he's touring. He's got a summer tour that's going to be happening. Um, Kind of like June, and then uh, they're doing a bunch of dates in June towards the the beginning of July. And then back again in September and other places in the country. He's coming back to Jersey to play PNC with George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers opening, which is so awesome. So... I got tickets to that, too, because I love this guy. I love everything that he does. Uh, he's a phenomenal businessman, but not only that, they put on a rocking good time, and I cannot wait um, to see Sammy Hagar in the circle uh, in two different venues, uh, hopefully not playing the same stuff, maybe mixing it up a little bit, but it'll be a lot of fun. But this is a show about beer, but it's also a show about music and other things as well. But coming up in 10 minutes, Ann Riley, the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild, is going to join me. In-person beer festivals are back. Ann's going to give us all the details about the kickoff to New York City Beer Week, where the event is happening, and what other events are happening in and around New York City. Is there going to be a collaboration beer? All those details. We're going to get to that one, Ann, in just about 10 minutes from now. Now, this was a story I had mentioned Last week, and I wanted to, since we're at the end of dry January, right? So um, an uptick, apparently, in excessive drinking during the pandemic is projected to cause nearly 3,000 additional cases of liver failure by 2023. A research team led by Massachusetts General Hospital also says the rise in alcohol consumption will result in 8,000 more deaths from alcohol-related liver disease. Um, the investigators say a national survey showed a 21% increase in excessive drinking during the pandemic, the lead author of the study said uh, she hopes this will start conversations about coping mechanisms and behavioral changes. And then leading into that, Morning Consult, a data analytics and consulting firm, ran a recent report on the participants of Dry January and how they intended to navigate the month. The results were interesting. According to the research, though more adults stated their intention to participate in Dry January than ever before, just under half of them said they would not be fully abstaining from booze for the entirety of the month. Health benefits were by far the most common reason cited by respondents for taking part in dry January, some 91% indicating it was their primary reason for participating. But we're seeing that more people are drinking during the pandemic. And again, as I've mentioned this before, and I've mentioned this plenty of times on the show in the almost seven years now that we're doing this show, um, you know, moderation. It's all about moderation. Um, Drinking to excess is never a good thing. I don't care what it is. Um you got to mix water in while you're drinking so you don't get dehydrated. Uh, it's important. Um, you know, what I've been trying to do is a beer and water, a beer and water. And maybe I have a beer and water and I don't have a beer for a while. You know, take an hour or two and then go back. Because let's face it, I don't want to get bombed in my home. Uh, and I don't want to be bombed out elsewhere and then I have to get in a car and drive. Because drinking and driving, there's no excuse for that. So... I think you can do it in moderation um, and still enjoy, um, let us, let's just say, the fruits of your labor. Be responsible. Be conscious of it. And if you do seem to be having a problem that you have to open up a bottle and you have to have something to drink, then maybe it's time to have that other conversation and get help. 
because that's also important too. You know, drinking is not going to solve your problems. It never does, never has. So just a little public service announcement there. Um, Lord Hobo has added a talented new brewmaster to their team, Keith Gabbett. He's been brewing craft beer for over 15 years. Began as a home brewery, climbed the ranks to eventually lead the brewing team at Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, he has held the roles of senior brewer, lead brewhouse brewer, head brewer, brewmaster, and most recently senior innovation manager before joining Lord Hobo. At Goose Island, he worked on the bourbon and wine barrel aging programs as well as cross-brewing initiatives both locally, locally and globally while managing a team of 30-plus brewers. So kudos to Lord Hobo for hiring, um, for hiring Keith Gabbett. He plan- Lord Hobo plans to continue their growth in their leadership team uh, this year, they plan to expand their operations and distribution. It includes a new 18,000-square-foot brewery and restaurant located in downtown Boston that will be coming this spring. Now, uh, Source Brewing, I don't know, uh, I didn't get a chance to, to talk about this. Samantha Brown's Places to Love, um, the show that's on PBS. So last June, I had the chance to take part in the taping of the show uh, at Source Brewing. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, Check your local listings on PBS. It is out now. They talk about Cape May, the history of Cape May, uh, source brewing, and a bit on Morristown about the Revolutionary War. So it is definitely something you want to check out. And if you blink, you might get a chance to see me very briefly off focus uh, on camera at one point during the source brewing taping. So uh, kudos to the guys from Source. It was a fun day that we were down there, and uh, Samantha Brown did a really nice job in representing uh, source brewing. Uh, Lions Row Brewing over in Westfield. They are having their one-year anniversary party. That's this coming weekend, February 4th, 5th, and 6th. Live music giveaways, anniversary beer releases, too. They're right in Westfield. Uh, you can take the train over there as well. Um, I'm going to try and stop over there next weekend uh, at some point, maybe on Saturday, uh, to have a brew. Uh, I have not been back there since they, uh, a couple months after they opened, so I definitely want to check out and see what they have done in that year since they have been open. So kudos to Lion's Roar for being open for a year. Now, reaching a milestone, the Craft Beer Marketing Awards has expanded its worldwide judges panel to include over 500 industry professionals from 24 countries. Um, our good friend um, Taryn Nuren is a part of the judging, which is really cool. So that's uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. She is uh, Tara's a good friend of the show and a personal friend of mine, and uh, I am really happy that she is a part of the judging um, but one of the things about the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, you may not know, they had to extend their uh, entry deadline. The entry deadline is now Valentine's Day, February 14th. Because of the Omicron surge, some breweries couldn't get their stuff in in time. Uh, there's 40 categories covering all aspects of brew marketing, labels, logos, tap handles, and more breweries, their agencies, artists, marketing partners worldwide, all invited to enter their work, including your podcast. If you have a podcast, you're talking about beer, you can enter it to win a Craft Beer Marketing Award, which is really cool. The award celebration is going to take place during the week of the 2022 Craft Brewers Conference in May. Uh, for more information, craftbeermarketingawards.com. Our friends at Cape Beverage, which is the uh, distribution arm of Cape May Brewing, uh, have announced the addition of Florida-based brewery a Big Storm to its distribution roster. Partnership is going to bring Big Storm from the Sunshine State to the Garden State. They'll be introducing a number of different beers uh, that will start on February 7th. Sunny Key Lime Wheat Ale will come to New Jersey later this year, but three beers they're going to start off with. Bromosa, a tangerine IPA at 7% ABV. Uh, Wavemaker, it's an amber ale. Big Storm's a very first brew. It's just under 5% on the ABV. Malt-centric, minimal hop bitterness, making it a highly drinkable year-round beer. 
Tropical Pressure Golden Ale. Uh, this one is at 4.4%. Uh, best served cold as hail with a color as warm as Florida sunshine. And then uh, later on, Sunny Key Lime Wheat Ale, a 4.5% ABV, shandy-style type of beer uh, created with Key Lime Puree from Florida. So that's going to be more of a, a summer type of beer. And then they're also going to be introducing Big Storm Vodka Soda Variety Pack. Includes their four flavors, peach, blackberry, grapefruit, and lemon lime. 4.5% ABV vodka-based brews made with real juice and sparkling water. For more information on all of these, BigStormBrewery.com. Again, it, they will start distributing in New Jersey uh, Monday, February 7th. Uh, that will be uh, an, a couple of the brands. And then uh, their uh, vodka soda and their sunny key lime wheat will be a little bit later this year. Our friends from Alesmith, uh, they are releasing uh, the first Speedway Stout variant of the year within the brewery's quarterly series. This is a double fudge edition. It's going to be available uh, throughout the month of January and February in 16-ounce can four-packs. This is the Speedway Stout Double Fudge Edition. They're adding tons of chocolate to this. This is going to be really good. It's a 12% ABV on this. If I see a can of this, I'm definitely buying it. L. Smith knocks it out of the park with their Speedway Stout, and their variants are absolutely unbelievable. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then, of course, Trogues has released Double Nugget Nectar. It's a delicious spin on their iconic once-a-year Imperial Amber Ale, which is Nugget Nectar. Double Nugget. Weighs in at 9.5% ABV. It's built around one of Nugget Nectar's key ingredients, Simcoe hops. Uh, the complex hop notes of apricot, peach rings, and bright citrus are at the forefront of the beer's flavor. Azaka hops adds hints of juicy or- orchard fruit. Uh, and Munich malt provides a bready sweetness. It's extremely li- limited. Available now on draft and in 16-ounce cans at Trogues Brewery and throughout their distribution footprint. Fans can also get a taste of double Nugget ne- Nectar at one of many first squeeze release parties that are currently underway in markets where Trogues beer is available. So that's cool. I'm supposed to be getting some cans of Nugget Nectar and uh, of Double Nugget Nectar uh, very soon from the folks at Trogues, and I thank you for that, so I cannot wait to dive into those, and I will give you a review of that uh, in a future Suds and Duds. Now, coming up after a short break, Ann Riley, the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're back, back in the New York groove. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, the great Ace Freely singing that many moons ago. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, uh, Google, uh, Google Podcasts and iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. We're Alexa Ready as well, iHeartRadio, Odyssey.com. Uh, we're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com, and uh, you can download and listen to the podcast version of this show uh, at your leisure. Uh, Usually we post it up a couple of minutes after the show ends, uh, shortly after midnight Eastern time on Monday mornings. But there are a plethora of other shows on there as well that you can listen to whenever you feel like. Now, I'm just going to say this right now. It's about damn time. New York City Beer Week, it's back. It's going to be in person 
Well, we've got the kickoff uh, coming up at the end of February. It's right around the corner. My next guest on the program is here to talk about it. Now, the kickoff bash, there's one session. It's actually, it's sort of broken up into two, but not really. There's a, a, a and I'll explain. Uh, the, uh, it all takes place Saturday, February 26th at the Brooklyn Fish Transfer on 2nd and Front Avenue in Brooklyn. It's right down the road from the Brooklyn Navy Yard. There's one early session. That starts at 12.30 and goes to 5. Or you get a general admission ticket, which starts at 2 p.m. and runs till 5 p.m. NYCbrood.com is the website for more information, as well as to purchase tickets or follow their Instagram page, NYCbrood. Uh, you can go right on there. There's a link there on the page. You click on it, boom, you can go get your tickets. But let me welcome back to the program Ann Riley, who is the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild. Ann, uh, it is so great to catch up with you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's great to catch up with you as well. We're thrilled to be back in person again. Absolutely. And and we finally, we've gotten to this, and let me tell you, it is well needed, especially for New York City, because we've had so much turmoil over the last couple of years with COVID. But first up, why a change uh, in the venue? So one of our main concerns, as you know, New York has been hit very hard the last two years, was if we were going to do an indoor, in-person festival, was we wanted to make sure there was plenty of room for everyone to feel completely comfortable. So the um, the Agri Fish Market, it's a amazing old warehouse in the um, Brooklyn Navy Yard, literally right on the water. Okay. And in a non-COVID time, they could easily accommodate at least 4,000 people in this venue. So we're estimating about, you know, 1,500, which will give everyone plenty of room to spread out, feel comfortable, and have doors wide open for, um, you know, some great ventilation. Excellent. See, that was going to be my question. I'm assuming the reason why the change of venue was so that it could be opened up to the outside so that you could have fresh air uh, in there, which is really cool. And I'm assuming, because it's still under New York City protocols, and we're not expecting any changes within the next month, you have to be fully vaccinated in order to get into the event. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, so and the, um, those coming from New York will be familiar with the Excelsior Pass, right. which you know we'll be scanning those at the door. Gotcha. And there's no. T- and if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously from New Jersey, uh, there is no testing option. You have to be fully vaccinated in order to get in. It's not you can show a negative test and, and get into the event, right? Right, right, because that's New York City's regulation. Gotcha. Is that to um, dine and eat indoors? You need to show proof of vaccination. Proof of vaccination, right? Now, is there going to be an a collaboration beer this year? And if so, who's hosting the brewing, and what kind of beer will it be? Yeah, so this year we are not doing a collaboration. Gotcha. Um, you know, we're still obviously <laughs> getting Recovery. our breweries back on track. Right. Everybody planning for production has been quite difficult the last couple of years. Obviously, sure. you know, not knowing. Um, about possible temporary shutdowns, which we just experienced around Christmas time. So, you know, figuring out uh, cans versus packaged beer. So although we will not be doing a collaboration beer, what we are doing a little bit differently this year is every year um, our member breweries are encouraged to invite guests. So we have guest breweries as well as New York City breweries. But this year um, the brewery making the invite will be paired with their guests pouring together. Oh, that's cool. That I like yeah. that. Oh, I like that mm-hmm. idea. That is very cool. So that's cool. So you get to side by side friends of you know the brewery. We've done beers with these guys before, and you know, kind of pair. See, I, now I like that. That's a cool idea. Uh, we're talking with <laughs> Ann Riley. She's the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild, New York City Beer Week. 
Kicks off on Saturday, February 26th. It's at the Brooklyn Fish Transfer on 2nd and Front Avenue in Brooklyn, right, uh, right on where the Brooklyn Navy Yard is. A beautiful open venue event so that you'll have doors open, plenty of ventilation. Of course, you have to follow all COVID-19 protocols if you're coming to the event. So that rem- reminds you, if you're buying tickets right now, make sure that you're vaccinated because if you're not, you're going to get turned away at the door. There's an early session. It starts at 1230. That goes till 5. Or you can buy general admission tickets. That starts at 2 p.m. and runs till 5 p.m. again. New York City Brood.com, nycbrood.com is the website for more information as well as to purchase uh, purchase tickets. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. I'm assuming, and there's going to be food options, food trucks as well. Um, do we have any names yet as to what food trucks are going to be there and what types of food they're going to be serving? Yes, yeah, so we're going to be doing several food trucks and several pop-ups. Um, we are literally in the middle of confirming those, and we'll continue to keep our website updated. Empanada Papa joins us every year, and we're thrilled to have them back, but we're looking at some um, different kinds of options, too. Um, you know, there's a local uh, woman-owned business who does oysters, hoping to get her involved, as well as a, um, some vegan options and you know all the other food styles that people enjoy pairing with their New York City beers. That's very cool. Now, Anne, I know you have been around. Now, when I ran into you in October over at uh, Wild East when they were doing their uh, grand anniversary uh, celebration, and we were chatting a little bit. But how has it been since since I last spoke to you in October to now? You've you've gone around to the various breweries around New York City. How has it been for them uh, from an economic standpoint? I know Torch and Crown finally got open you know, in Manhattan, and they were having some struggles, especially the fact that they have uh, food options as well, and it was difficult navigating through all of that. How have the breweries been faring during this time of COVID? Yeah, it, it's been tough. Um, it you know, seems to be a continual pivot, which everyone had to do back in March of 2020, and here we are. It's the end of January 2022 and, you know, still trying to make sure everybody is able to do what they need to do to, you know, stay in business, keep New York, keep fresh New York City beer out in the market, um, be able to help out their restaurants, bars and other accounts um, that support us. And luckily, we have a lot of those here in the city, Um, everything from, you know, beer shops to, you know, um, restaurants, bars and the like. And uh, speaking of which, the out-of-state breweries that are going to be coming to the event that have been invited, uh, any names so far that we can throw out there uh, to let people know who's coming from out-of-state that will be attending the event? Yeah, sure. So we have quite a variety this year. Um, Some of the the ones that will be joining us, um, Barrier and Equilibrium, who have joined us for many years. Um, We've got a number of new names coming into the mix. Uh, Twin Island's been with us before, The Seed. Lasting Joy, which is a new brewery up, um, up a little further north in New York, as is Return Brewing. Um, these are both breweries that had starts here in New York City with some of their people who are um, either brewing or on board. Mm-hmm. They'll be joining us. We've got uh, Crooked Run Fermentation, Black Project, uh, Crafted Culture, uh, Fightins, another um, oh. New York State uh, fifth frame. Cool. Yeah, Human Robot out of Philly. Yes. Um, yeah, we've, we've got quite the list going, yeah, growing, and, so to speak. <laughs> and the seed, if you have not had the seed yet, they're right in Atlantic City. They're right down the street from uh, the Hard Rock Cafe. The seed, it makes... I, here's the comparison I will put with the seed. If you love Wild East, you're going to love the seed because they do a lot of traditional <laughs> type of beers, much like what Wild East does. It's kind of that same vein, and uh, that is actually a pair. I would love to see Wild East and the seed get together and do a collab beer because I think those two, I think those two breweries would really hit it off. So, I mean, speaking personally mm-hmm. from New Jersey, they are 
a phenomenal beer, which is great. And um, it's so great to see a different mix of uh, out-of-state brewers that are coming in to join uh, everyone on February 26th. Now, um, Beer Week is running, NY, New York City Beer Week is going to run through, is it Sunday, March 6th or Monday, March 7th? Um, that's in, Typically, we do what we call closing ceremonies on Sunday, March 6th, okay. um, but I'm sure there will be a couple of holdover events happening that Monday. <laughs> right and and now and, and the other thing well the the other thing that I wanted to ask you because this is running uh, for a little bit over a week um, what are, are there some events that are that are that you guys are spotlighting uh, aside from New York City Beer Week that people can attend? So there there will be several and you can count on a lot of the you know beer bars that you've become accustomed to frequenting uh, right. in pre-COVID times for Beer Week both. Um, the Blind Tiger and as is both located in Manhattan have reached out to us and as a predominant number of our breweries are in Brooklyn that most of them will also be doing their own events both on site and um, at some of their partner restaurants bars and shops so definitely keep an eye out um, we are literally a month away from the kickoff of beer week so we will hopefully be putting out information fairly regularly over the next couple of weeks, keep people up to date as to where they can go um, and who they can see, who's coming into town um, to participate. And, and folks, for those of you that don't know, proceeds for this event go directly to the New York City Brewers Guild. You're helping to support these New York City brewers who put their, you know, their blood, sweat, and tears into making this delicious beer that everybody enjoys, not only around the five boroughs, but elsewhere. Uh, and really, it is something, if, you, if, you, if you're around on Saturday, February 26th, you absolutely should come to this event at the Brooklyn Fish Transfer on 2nd and Front Avenue in Brooklyn. I will be there. It's my wedding anniversary, my 22nd wedding anniversary. <laughs> and even though my wife is annoyed that we're going to a beer, another beer event, as she says to me, she understands the importance of it. And that's why I think we're married for 22 years, uh, because she supports me <laughs> through all these crazy endeavors. My guest has been Ann Riley, who is the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild. Again, as I said, New York City Beer Week kicks off Saturday, February 26th. The Brooklyn Fish Transfer, 2nd and Front Avenue you in brooklyn uh the the early session uh starts at 12 30 goes till five the general admission is two to five p.m nycbrew.com is the website for more information as well as to purchase tickets and thanks so much for joining me on the program uh very much appreciated looking forward to seeing you on the 26th we'll have to have a beer together absolutely thank you so much for supporting us and thanks for highlighting us really appreciate it you got it and up next it's time for suds and duds on the algatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer
I wanted to let that song go a little bit more, but I can't. Welcome back to the final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The Killers, the way it was from their uh, Battleborn uh, album. What a great band. That's one band I have not seen live. Um, I know they put out something a couple of years ago, and I know they toured at one point uh, in the last couple of years. But uh, that's definitely a band that I have to go and see uh, at some point in the near future when they come back around. You know... We talk about this return to normal or trying to get back to normal or whatever. It's great to see that there are musical acts that are going back out there again and, you know, understanding that there is a risk that somebody in their group may end up getting COVID no matter how you isolate yourself at some point. Um, It's good to see that we have really got to, um, we've really got to get back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, And I'll just say this, and I hate making things, um, I don't like to make things uh, political. Um, but uh, former vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin uh, was in town uh, this week because she is fighting a defamation suit, I believe, uh, against the New York Times. She apparently was in a restaurant, and she's not vaccinated, and she's clearly not vaccinated. She's made it a point to say she's not vaccinated. Went into a New York City restaurant, of which they have to, they're supposed to be checking your vaccination status. The restaurant didn't. Went in and ate inside, then tests positive for COVID. Um, and two days later, she's back at that same restaurant outside. And could potentially be infecting people. She could be contagious. I'm sorry, but that to me, that's irresponsible. That's irresponsible. And she should know better. I don't care whether or not you want to get the vaccine or not. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated and boosted, and I believe that you should get it. But I, I also don't think that you should just be running around rampant, just flouting the rules and saying, screw you. I'm sorry. I, that's where I have a big problem. And uh, I, I, I don't care for her. I don't care for her for her attitude towards this. I think it's wrong. And as a person who was um, a governor of a state, she's just being irresponsible. It's just wrong. All right. I'm moving off of that. I don't like to get into that type of stuff on this program, but it has to do with a restaurant and eating and drinking and all that other stuff. And we're going to get to suds and duds in a minute. It's a very short one, but we do have some news, some more news. So um, Ann Riley, who we had on as a guest here, from the New York City Brewers Guild, who's the executive director, she informed me after our interview um, that the um, the New York City Brewers Guild is setting up a podcast lounge um, at the Brooklyn Fist Transfer on Second and Front Avenue in Brooklyn uh, for the event that's taking place on February 26th. So, if you are a podcaster of uh, beer and the beer business, and you want to broadcast your show from the event, the kickoff to New York City Beer Week. Reach out, um, reach out to the uh, New York City Brewers Guild at nycbrewersguild.com, right? And, um, or it's, I think it's at New York City Brewers Guild.com. Uh, we'll tweet out the, um, the website, the, uh, the email address. You can contact them, uh, they'll give you the details on how you can set up your uh, podcast there. Um, I'm going to drop by the lounge. Uh, just to check things out and see how things are going. It's going to be a great event. Saturday, February 26th. Again, the early portion of it kicks off at 1230. The main event kicks off at 2 o'clock for general admission tickets, and it runs until 5 o'clock. It's a great event, and again, 100% of the proceeds uh, of this event go directly to the Brewers Guild, and you're directly helping New York City Brewers, which is pretty awesome. Victory Brewing Company, late in the week this week, uh, uh, sent a press release out. they are um, releasing another new monkey version beer. It's called Berry Monkey. 
It is the third 9.5% ABV beer in the Monkey Family's franchise. It's a fruited sour triple. Joins that powerhouse team alongside Golden Monkey, uh, which holds rank as the number one craft Belgian in the U.S., and Sour Monkey, which also holds the rank as the number one craft sour in the United States. A perfectly balanced fruited sour triple loaded with real raspberry and features other natural flavors that add just the right combination of sweetness and tang, followed by a smooth finish. It is shipping the Victory's distribution network by mid-February. Uh, will be available in six-pack, 12-ounce bottles, six-pack, 12-ounce cans as well. Uh, to complement the wide availability of the rest of the Monkey Crew, Golden Monkey, Sour Monkey, Monkey Mixed Variety Pack, and Kickback Variety Pack, they are unveiling or did unveil the new brand uh, look on their social platforms this past Friday. So check that out. So uh, Berry Monkey, hopefully I'll be getting a sample of that. And uh, I did put in a request to talk with uh, Bill Kovalevsky uh, from Victory. It's been a while since we've spoken to Bill on the program. He's a good friend of the show and um, want to catch up with him and how not only Victory is doing, but uh, their whole artisanal brew ventures um, is working. This includes Southern Tier, and includes Six Point, uh, and a number of other little um, breweries and cideries uh, as well. Uh, Tickets went on sale this past Friday uh, for the Collaboration Fest, which is hosted by the Colorado Brewers Guild and presented by ONTAP Credit Union. It's the original Collaboration Beer Festival where the Colorado Brewers Guild members team up with brewers both near and far, let their imaginations run wild, uh, tickets went on sale this past Friday uh, via Live Nation. General admission tickets cost $65. Early access tickets cost $85. Bucks. Uh, this is Colorado Brewers Guild's largest fundraiser. Uh, they have brew days with different breweries. Not sure who's going to be in the, uh, in the brew scene here collaborating. Uh, the event is Saturday, April 2nd from 2 to 6 p.m. Early entry begins at 2. General admission begins at 3. It takes place at the Fillmore Auditorium uh, in Denver. So if you're looking to take a little uh, early trip to Denver in April uh, for a great beer fest, you'd want to get your tickets. Now, I'd love to be there. That's going to be a crazy weekend for me. Uh, Judas Priest earlier that week on that Wednesday. Then I've got uh, Greta Van Fleet that Friday down in Atlantic City. And then I'm going to see the two cellos on Sunday at Barclays Center. So it's a a busy, busy uh, music-filled weekend or uh, a week and a half uh, for me. And then finally... Uh, The fourth release in their one-batch dispatch series from Stone Brewing, Stone Pineapple Done Upside Down Wee Heavy. That's coming on the 2nd of February. That'll be coming this week. Uh, I believe that is Wednesday of this coming week. In 16-ounce, four-pack cans and on draft. It's exclusively available at Stone Locations and their online store shipped fresh to your door. No distro on these. Uh, They brew a tank full of the unique beer. Once it goes, that's it. There's no more. So if you want to get it, you have to live in California. They are also not going to ship it to you. So there you go. There's some news there. Now, we'll quickly get into these Suds and Duds beers. There's only a couple of them. Um, first one up, Dumb Fruit 3, Passion Fruit. This is the Marion Berry Marshmallow Coconut Toasties by Evil Twin. I had thought that I did not have this beer, and apparently I did already and reviewed it. Um, I, I, this stuff from Evil Twin is fantastic. It really is. If you're, really, if you're into sours... And that kind of um, pastry type of sour, because the marshmallow, the coconut, all of this uh, lactose and all these different things, uh, that is definitely something uh, that you want to turn yourself on to. The Dumb Fruit 3, uh, Passion Fruit, Marionberry is fantastic. Two beers uh, from Source. Uh, one happens to be the other end of the collab between Source and Icarus Brewing, Good King 12 uh, by Source. This is just a super crushable uh, Czech Pilsner. It is fantastic. I wish I had bought 
another four-pack of this beer. It is delicious. Uh, it is definitely worth it. And I think they still have cans left because, I don't know, for some reason, I guess fans are hating on the fact that um, that Source and Icarus put together a collab uh, that is, uh, you know, a four and a half percent type of beer. I know Icarus's came in. I think it was like three eight or three nine. It's super crushable. It's a perfect beer. It's a really delicious beer. It's definitely one that if you wanted to have a couple, you could certainly have a couple uh, with that. Um, the other beer that they came out with was Proper English, um, which is a fantastic brown ale, uh, really done in that English style. Um, I love uh, you know dark beers. And this one, again, you know, it's around 5%. It's, a, it's just a perfect drinking beer when you're sitting back and you want to have a couple uh, with friends. So kudos to Source. They did a phenomenal job on the proper English. And then they came out with a Venetian Pilsner this week. That is tremendous. I got a four-pack of that, but I actually got a taste of it about a week or so ago, and it was wonderful. Roast This Bone by Twin Elephant. Delicious collab with Heavy Reel. Uh, I love the fact that they're on tap at my favorite place, Paragon Tap and Table. Uh, right in my in my town of Clark, New Jersey. It is great. They have some regular Twin Elephant offerings. So if you're looking for Twin Elephant in the Union County area, that is definitely a place to go to, uh, Paragon Tap and Table. And then finally, I, I didn't realize that I still had a can of this sitting in the fridge, and I had thought I had reviewed it, but I didn't. Lost Barrel Brewing's Hazy IPA. Uh, nice hazy, smooth from, uh, from Lost Barrel. A very little bite to this, but again, the can had been sitting in my fridge for quite some time, so it probably lost a little bit. Uh, of its luster there, but a delicious beer nonetheless, and one of those breweries down in Virginia, a farmhouse-type brewery that uh, I definitely have to get down to uh, and check out at some point. Maybe that's a weekend trip uh, for my wife and I. Folks, my thanks to everybody involved in the show as we are out of time, including my guest, Dan Riley, the executive director of the New York City Brewers Guild. Again, kickoff to New York City Beer Week takes place on Saturday, February 26th. Get your tickets now. Follow them at NYC uh, Brewed. Uh, to get your tickets. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. on Monday, this is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.